0: From the Financial Times in London, I'm Joshua Chaffin, and this is FT News. Mariano Rajoy's People's Party swept to power four years ago in the midst of Spain's financial crisis. Now, four years later, Mr. Rajoy is standing for a re-election after presiding over years of difficult austerity. Can he, in effect, survive the financial crisis? Tobias Buck has been covering the campaign and is on the line with me now. Tobias, how has Mr. Rajoy fared in terms of the economy, and uh, what is his record?
1: Well, he certainly regards the economy as his electoral trump card, and he has some strong data to point to. Spain is growing at more than 3% This year, it is one of the fastest growing economies in Europe. The Spanish labor market, which, of course, has had such terrible times with unemployment reaching 27% in 2013, is creating jobs after all. So he thinks, and certainly his case to Spanish voters is, that he deserves re-election for dragging Spain back from the crisis and putting it on a sounder economic footing. Now, his opponents have a slightly different view. They point to the sharp rise in inequality. They point out that many of the new jobs created in Spain are poorly paid and temporary. But I think on the whole, certainly the economy is not seen as the area where Mr. Ajoy has most to worry about.
0: There were a series of corruption scandals that hit the People's Party shortly after... Mr. Ahoy took office. How lasting has the damage been for him and his image?
1: I think the damage has been a very profound. The level of mistrust in the government, the level of mistrust in the, in the party system are very high, according to polls. And while many Spanish voters tell pollsters that they are less worried about corruption now than they were two years ago when these scandals really erupted, there's been just a sort of erosion of faith in the popular party, in, in which is Mr. Rajoy's party, but also in the opposition socialists. And I think corruption has been the main reason why we've seen the arrival of new players in the Spanish political scene, both Podemos on the left and Ciudadanos in the center, the two newcomers, which are likely to do very well in the election on Sunday. Both of those are promising a sort of clean break with the politics of old. So I think in terms of paving the way for Uh, the destruction, really, of the two-party system, corruption has been the key factor.
0: Tell us more about Podemos and Ciudadanos. Who are the newcomers and what do they stand for?
1: So we have, uh, first of all, Podemos, uh, a party from the far left, an anti-austerity party, an anti-establishment party, that was founded less than two years ago and has really had an astonishing trajectory since then. Uh, at some point earlier this year, the polls predicted it could become even the biggest party in parliament. It is fairly similar to Syriza, the party that is now in government in Greece. It rails against the way that uh, Europe's political establishment has handled the Eurozone crisis. It argues very strongly against austerity and promises a stronger role for the state in handling the economy. It has had a very roller coaster like ride this year. Earlier in the year, it was uh, riding high. Then it saw its poll ratings collapse. And now, largely on the strength of the campaigning qualities of Pablo Iglesias, the Podemos leader, it seems to have dragged itself back. And according to the very latest polls, there was even a sort of late swing towards them. So they look likely to come out with perhaps 18 percent, perhaps even 20 percent of the vote. The other newcomer is Ciudadanos, which is a centrist, pro pro pro-business, liberal party, which promises further reform of the education system and of the labor market. It's also, unlike Podemos, one of its main talking points is Catalonia and the issue of secession there. They are very strongly against these regional breakaway movements. They are led, again, by a fairly young leader, Albert Rivera, who is only 36 years old. Like Iglesias, he's quite charismatic, he's telegenic, he speaks well, and both of those leaders and their parties are likely to be uh, represented in some force in the next Spanish parliament.
0: There's obviously a great deal of excitement around the newcomers. How has... Mr. Rajoy dealt with them on the campaign trail?
1: Well, he has adopted really a very peculiar campaign style that is suited, I think, to his personality, to his age, to his political outlook, and to his party. What you see in Spain is that you have basically three parties, Podemos Ciudadanos, and also the Socialist Party, which, although it is, of course, a very old party, is led by a fairly young man, Pedro Sánchez. Now, those three parties are all competing for the change vote. All three have put forward uh, young, fresh faces. Rajoy has largely avoided attending or taking part in televised debates with the three other candidates. He's trying to portray himself as a steady hand, as a man with experience, who through his sort of calm management of the economy managed to sort of pull Spain back from the brink. Uh, he's uh, talking primarily to older voters. The uh, electorate of the popular party is around the age of 60 on average. So you really see a split race in which the three smaller parties on the in the center and on the left are competing for the change vote. And Mr. is. Trying to mobilize his conservative base.
0: And when voters go into the booth this weekend, which issue do you think will be decisive? What will be foremost in their minds?
1: I think the three main topics that will determine the outcome of this election are first of all the economy. There are those who feel that the PP has done a good job at dragging Spain out of the crisis, and those people would obviously be very much inclined to vote for the PP and for Mr. Rajoy. And then there are those who are frustrated, and these are especially younger Spaniards, who are frustrated at the lack of opportunities, who feel they've missed out on sort of golden boom years before the property bust in 2007. And uh, those will be uh, more inclined, I think, to vote for one of the three change parties. The other issue, of course, is corruption. And there again, uh, people who feel very strongly about corruption will very likely not vote for either the popular party or for the socialists, but will opt for one of the newer parties. And the third issue is Catalonia, the region in the northeast of Spain, which is, means it's really racked by sort of secessionist tensions. And there's big divergences between the parties in how to handle this. Uh, Mariano Rajoy has tried to carve out for himself the role of the defender of Spanish unity. But there are also many who believe that Ciudadanos and Alberto Rivera, who is Catalan-born but uh, opposes Catalan secession, might be in a better position to resolve this crisis. The socialists have a slightly nuanced stance on this. They want constitutional reform to help tackle some of the grievances that Catalans have. So I think depending on voters' view of how important the Catalan challenge is and how best to resolve it, that will also play a big role in determining their vote.
0: It seems Mr. Rajoy isn't really beloved by Spaniards, and yet he seems like he's on course for a repeat victory. How do you explain that, Tobias?
1: Yeah, I mean, some even speak about the Rajoy paradox. He's a politician who's always had fairly low poll ratings. Why is he still likely to win? Well, I think it's firstly because of the fragmentation of the change vote. As I said earlier, there's three parties essentially competing for people who want to break from the PP. I think the second reason is that Mr. Rajoy knows who his voters are. He is relying heavily on older voters who resist change, voters who feel they have not done so poorly during the crisis. These are in particular pensioners. He went out of this way to preserve sort of pensions and other privileges for older Spaniards during the crisis. So I think it's a combination of fragmentation of his opponents – And the fact that the PP and Mr Ahoy are very good at mobilizing their base and knowing how to serve their base. So I think those two factors combined help explain why this seemingly so unpopular politician might do surprisingly well on Sunday.
0: Thanks, Tobias. We'll be looking forward to this weekend. Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast.